Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 353. My name is Brando. Welcome back to the podcast, I guess we could say, Mr. Derek Day. I didn't mean to rhyme, but... Here we are. Ah, nice. <laughs> what is up, Brando? Nice to be back on Appetite for Distortion. Oh, I'm really excited to talk to you. I've been wanting to speak with you just one and one for a while. People may remember back at three, uh, episode 302. I had to remind which episode it was, but it was uh, last September, which seems like forever ago. Uh, yeah. it, w- it was you, another Derek, Derek Frank. Uh, it was also Mr. Teddy Zigzag. Mm-hmm. And the lovely Roberta Freeman. We were all on together. We kind of had Roberta and friends uh, talking about it. Well, I wish you were here. Her, her cover, which you all contributed to. So uh, it's just so yeah. cool. You know, Roberta's face lights up when she talks about you. So it's very cool to now. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. We call I call her Birdie. Everyone calls her Birdie because she's like a bird and she's so wonderful. Ah, Birdie. Okay. I was thinking like. Bur- I, I, that sounded like an old lady's name, like uh, Blanche or something. But now I get it. I'm like a bird. Okay, that's better. Bird. Like Roberta, Roberti. Yeah, <laughs> makes more sense in my head now. Uh, so <laughs> let me ask, because I appreciate the time that you're giving me, because you're currently on the road with Poison, Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Joan Jett, which sounds such like a crazy sentence to say. So if you're yeah. on the road with Motley Crue, are you still awake or are you just getting up right now? Because we're talking, as we're recording this, this is a, uh, Wednesday uh, morning. So are you awake or just I going to sleep? Just, I'm like, like as far as my being, I'm like kind of half and half. I'm like awake. It's like 9 a.m. over here. And, you know, I, I don't even know where I am. I think I'm in North Carolina. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's just a lot of traveling and a lot of uh, big stadium setup days. You know, I'm really upset because I wish I could have seen you. I had plans to see you when you were at City Field in New York uh, just a few days ago, but I had to work. I usually work from home, as you see now. I'm in my home studio in Queens, mm-hmm. but I had to go into Q104 to just, you know, nothing crazy. And uh-huh. I, I I missed it. So I'm, I'm hoping, I'm, I'm, I'm bummed, but I'm glad, you know, everyone seems to be having a great time. I had a lot of friends that went. So I guess the first thing is, how is it going? How is this tour going? It's been freaking amazing, dude. It's like, like we've played about seven shows or six or seven shows already. And like, it's just euphoric. I mean, not only the, the, the audience capacity changes every day because some people, like you say, they have work or they're coming from work. If it's a Saturday, there'll be more. If it's a Sunday, there'll be even more Monday. It's weirdly enough. Tuesdays have been cool. Um, but no, but like just having a stage, it's like a whole new playground. And like, it's teaching me how to communicate with my fan more and how to like, but you know, different forms of endurance. It's just been a beautiful learning experience. Most of all, just really super duper fun. I was going to ask about that. You touched about what 
it's like being the opening act, classless act, the opening act, but it's every day it's a different show in a different city because you don't know. And it's no fault of your own kind of thing. You People are getting off work. Uh, for whatever reason, they're just going to see Motley Crue. They don't care about anybody else or Poison. They're just going later. So I guess how is that? Is it, Do you go in, into it with – you're a very energetic front man. Do you go in, into it with the same energy or do you ever go out there and kind of being like, okay, not as full, but you understand what the gig is? Like how do you – or is it the same mentality every time? It's It's the same mentality every time. I think like getting to perform on a stage, on a stadium or like on a – you know, like wherever, like on the street. And I was raised on playing on the streets. Um, that's how, like, I got my practice. It's just like, you got to put a hundred million percent into it and always go for something new. Always try one thing spontaneous. And I think that like that little tidbit keeps it exciting. You know, if you, if you can excite yourself, you're always living a happy life. So peaceful, if anything. What have you done that's spontaneous then? Can you... I don't, Every time it's something different, you know, like it's like, I mean, I always roll on the floor. So if that's not new, but there's a new way to roll on the floor, you know, there's a new way to kick your legs up <laughs> in the air and try to, you know, just hang like, you know, do something funny or um, we sing the same set every day. So that can get a little monotonous, but we could find a new way to say a lyric or like a new inflection or maybe a new face to throw to it like even the little things it all it all works what about having your album out finally for the first time have you noticed people started singing the lyrics and now knowing the songs have you noticed a difference there's been a few people yeah it's it's kind of cool um and like we have fans in each state like a little bit of fans in each state and um like so some of them have been like kind of practicing them for the show so that's really cool. And it's really cool also to see people we never have seen before, never seen this before, that like try to sing along in the second chorus. They're like, you know, there's kind of singing their own lyrics. And um, it's just fun. Like this crowd is so fun. Everyone's just here to have a good time. I love it. So welcome to the show, which is such an appropriate name for an album. Just welcome to us. It, it's been such a history. Before we go back into the, into the tour, such a history with this band Fans may know, and it's interesting, I was, you know, seeing articles about, of course, Classless Act making news everywhere. I'm part of this big stadium tour that everyone's been looking forward to. It's been hyped up for years at this point. Um, people not knowing maybe who's in the band. Uh, episode, I, I still remember, episode 40. So what did I say? This was episode number 353. So episode 40 ago, we had... I, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I'm not on tour with Motley Crue, but I'm getting to talk to, De <laughs> to, talk to Derek Day, which is pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> we had London Hudson on, uh, Slash's son, uh, drummer, and Nico Sangaris, a guitarist, who were in Classes Act. They started it. They told us like the name. It started <laughs> with somebody heard, uh, I think it might have been Nico, saying that he, uh, he heard somebody call Donald Trump a Classes Act, and that was like that sparked the name of the band. And since then, you know, uh, as bands do, lineup changes. And that's the interesting thing. I, Because you know, they were you 15 at the time. I mean, things changed. They're in a great band, St. Electric, now. So I'm just mm -hmm. curious, where did your involvement, how did you come in? And can you kind of maybe bring us up on uh, up to speed about 
who's in the band now? Because there are people confusing, like, oh, London Hudson's still in the band. That's why they're out with Motley Crue. No, no, no. No, this is a new band kicking ass. So kind of catch us up on the history of, of Classless. Absolutely. Like, you know, this, this band was born out of social media mm-hmm. and like they reached out to me every which way through like Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And they're like, come write with us, come jam with us. And, um, and Dane Piper was in the band too. He's a rhythm guitar player. And, uh, to this day, he's the longest standing member. And, um, uh, <clears throat> but when I joined, you know, they, they just had like, uh, instrumentals, so one of the first songs we've written was our namesake song. It was classless act. And so we just, you know, I, I came up with some melodies and lyrics and we just kind of made that happen. And um, I took the name sort of, and kind of recreated a new meaning for it because the negative connotation to it was kind of like, Oh, okay, here's something about, it sounds cool, but I don't want it to be like, if we're going to be a classless act, I don't want to be like a negative dude. And that whole album is like, welcome to the show. It's like, come be classless with us if you can. Welcome to our band. Be in our band. And it's been, like, ever since then, we must have gone through several bass players, different guitar players and drummers, many drummers. Um, but now we have our perfect five, and it, it's Griffin Tucker on lead guitar. We found him through TikTok. We're just, like, trying to find the right guy. Uh, we have Franco Gravante on bass. And he's a producer as well. Um, he produced our namesake song. And we have Dane Piper on rhythm guitar, Chuck McKissick on the drums, and me, Derek Day, on singing. And we all write. We all love to sing. We all love to play guitar. We all love to play piano and drums. Everyone plays a little bit of everything, which is cool because that's kind of like the dream band. That's what everyone in the band wants. We want very versatile people to communicate with. We could kind of talk to each other in musical language. And... Um, yeah, it, it started like it was a it was a mission using the tool of social media. But as soon as we got the right members, we put our phones down and we're like, OK, now let's make music. Let's write. And um, yeah, I love that. And as fans, obviously, of this podcast know how many lineup changes, not just the, the famous ones with Guns N' Roses after Slash, but I mean, just forming Guns N' Roses when it was L.A. Guns and and Rose and Hollywood Rose, but there was no social media then. They were, they were not famous then. There wasn't a spotlight on them. So I think it's it's a real success story to see this band that was close. Uh, again, it was a couple of years ago. They were looking for a singer who would end up being you, which is just amazing. And you wrote this song uh, that ended up having Vince Neil on it, right? Is that the, the namesake song? So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how did you I, again unfortunately I missed it on Friday how do you perform that live when the, the Vince part comes up like do people um, and also I guess with that because they surprised maybe as they're learning about you you know like whoa Vince Neil is on this track like I, should, I better pay attention can you is, is he going to come out on stage and perform it with you at some point we're hoping he is we're still getting our like tour legs under us and so you know, we're try. I think even every band is still trying out new songs in their set and stuff. They're just trying to like make sure they can nail it. Yeah. And um, uh, that's why there hasn't been so much communication. There has been a bit, a bit though. We've talked to every band at some point, but just very in passing, very polite gestures and thank you, goodbye, thanks for having us, blah blah blah, blah leaving. And maybe at catering, hey, I'm a huge fan. I worship you. Bye <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, well, yeah, we're hoping we could sneak Vince in there like for a uh, show 
it's just a matter of popping out at the right time because he's so busy. But like, I've been hiding behind monitors and trash cans whenever I see him. I'm like trying to get him, but he, he gets away. Uh, <laughs> but live now, I just sing his part. You know, we play okay. we play straight up rock, like you know, two uh, two guitars, drums, bass, vocals. We can take liberties. We can change up structures if we wanted to. I just take his lyric and I go ahead and go for it. You know, when did you find out? Obviously, I would be the same. I am the same when I'm in a radio station being like, hi, I worship you. Maybe can I get a picture? You know, I'm, I'm the same way. Even though I could be a peer, I'm also working in radio and everything. So I, I identify with your uh, your personality there. But when did you find out about Tommy Lee's broken ribs? I mean, it's, that's been I, happening. Like, wow. Like, and the tour has been going off without a hitch. When did you know? I knew. I found out like almost two weeks before or no, like a week and a half before, like right when it happened. Mm. And, and uh, we didn't, of course, didn't tell anyone because we just wanted everyone to relax and make sure, you know, it's going to happen. Cause even on the first show, he played like seven songs, you know, which is close to half of the set. And then we had Ozzy's drummer, Tommy, another Tommy come out and play the rest of the set. Um, uh, and Tommy would come out for home sweet home. He would leave and come out for another one. He would like take a break, you know, but even then he would jump off stage when he would jump off. You could hear him play cowbell backstage along to the songs. He's just so it's in his heart and the music just flows through him. But yeah, we found out a week before and like, um, he's just a badass. last night here in North Carolina, bank of America stadium. He played the entire set. So wow. now he's just doing it, just like going for it. You know, show number, that was show number six, I think. So he's just like, you know, he doesn't, his doctor is begging him not to, but he's like, fuck you, dude. We have a tour to play. And he's just on it. Is that an inspiration? Because, and forgive me, I, this is the older brother of me coming out. How old of a dude are you? Because I'm 38. You, you look like one of my brothers. So what are you, 20? I'm 28, actually. You're 28. Okay. So I remember when, no, I'm just kidding. When <laughs> is that like inspirational? Like to me, that's inspirational to see Tommy fighting through injury, Vince going out there despite you know the world against him, Mick Mars, you know, and again, that's just one band. Let's talk about Def Leppard. Oh, I've had a, a bunch of the members on the show. Is that an inspiration being like you're 28? Oh man, when I'm 58, I, I know I can do it. I know I can do it. Absolutely. Molly's a great example because, man, they can't stop it. And Nikki says it every show, like, you can't kill Motley Crue. And, like, you can't cancel Motley Crue. You can't squash Motley Crue. You just cannot. Like, even we try to do it. And we can't stop Motley Crue. It just keeps going. It's like this beautiful, awesome, like, kick-ass, like, band. It's, like, unstoppable. It's a, no wonder they can sell out stadiums because there's just something unstoppable about this man. There's an aura to it and the rawness and it's super inspiring. Like, man, I can't, you know, and Vince, by the way, is just killing it. Like, I'm sure there's videos leaking out now, like very specific moments and people are like trying to find the negative in it. But if you just watch the show, if you're looking at it, or if you see more context, you're like, Oh, actually he's really freaking killing it. And he's like, the whole band is just on it. Nick is incredible. Everyone is just, it's 110% killing it. I've been seeing the same thing, yeah, when people isolate a certain part of the song. And, yeah, people have bad nights. But, I mean, I'm talking about recently. Uh, I mentioned this last, last episode. There's an article or a TikTok going around of Axel. You know, very, it's like three seconds. And then comparing it to um, 
uh, Herbert the pervert from Family Guy. And right, like, right, right. Yeah, those three seconds. I'm sure in if you isolate my voice at a certain point, I sound like Fran Drescher from the nephew or from the nanny. <laughs> the nephew. I, I'm the ne- the nephew of, of uh, Fran Drescher. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm with you. Absolutely. And so that's that's really great to hear. And I, I was reading an interview um, that you did, and it kind of reminded me, like, why it's so cool. Like, yeah, you can't make Motley Crue other than with those members. You can't poison with those members. Def Leppard, those members. Same thing with Classless Act. That's why this is the right time. You use the analogy of, I know we have a 10-year difference, but I get it, the Power Rangers, right? In Mega- yeah. In Megazord. So I'm just curious, which one are you? What color are you? This is an important question. The hardest one I've asked so far. That is darn. It's a crazy color. Um, it would have to be a new color. No, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I feel like. Uh... <laughs> okay. Would you want to spot? It's the hardest question to ask. I, I don't know. Are you, uh, you Jason? Are you Zach? Are you? I'm remembering Billy. Uh, are you... What's the uh, the yellow uh, Trini? <laughs> yeah, Trini. I would I would say I'm either pink or yellow. All right, so I would love to be. Here we go. And I don't know what part. I don't know if I'd be the arm or the head. <gasps> you're the pink. Yes, you're that's the, me. You're the pink ranger. Which, if you're watching in Zoom, I for some reason have a pink ranger toy. I have a bunch of toys. Yes. <laughs> for some reason, I have the pink ranger toy. And as soon that's as I amazing. saw, <laughs> as soon as I saw you. Uh, Mentioned that I'm like I gotta show Derek my Power Ranger toy, which sounds weird out of oh. context. See, if you just isolate that part of the podcast, you think I'm a weirdo, which is yeah, exactly. which is I guess kind of true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, any I guess any surprises that's been happening on on tour? I mean, everything must be a surprise. But as they're building one thing and being like, "Whoa, like we're here! Like this is crazy." You know, I know you met a lot of guys in passing, but has there been um whether it's a fan inter- interaction or I don't know, a wink from Brett Michaels, you know, has there been a moment being like, wow, like where it almost felt surreal, you know, in that. Yeah. Well, as far as like, I remember the first day I was walking around like Mr. Cool. I was like, this ain't a big deal, whatever. Yeah, it's a show. I will do it. I was trying to downplay it. But when we finally go on stage, I'm like, this is insane. Like you see the grandeur and you're like, this is crazy. And like, singing your song like my songs i've written and like i've put my blood sweat and tears into and i'm singing it like that's when it hits you You're like i can't believe i'm singing this you know and, and at that point it was like only eight thousand people it wasn't a full stadium but it was a, a lot of people and you're singing to this big part this big thing and that was like the moment where i, I it hit me on the first day and every day i get that same thing I'm like this is weird um but one thing that surprised me was how super duper awesome nice every single person is there's not one like bad mood even like it's a tough job too but like everyone is so freaking nice and i don't understand it like there's <laughs> so much stress but like brett michaels within 40 minutes of entering the stadium brett like come comes to us and like you guys are going to do great what's your names let me shake your hand want to take a picture let me give you some advice and just in case you need any you don't have to take it it's just super duper nice i love cc the bill talks all the time yeah everyone bill ricky rocket people just come to us and they're just like how you guys doing do you need anything can we do anything for you just let us know and like giving us advice and 
compliments and like we they watch our set which is like why are you doing this this doesn't make sense and like we've talked to nikki and mick and um some of the members from def leopard we talked to joan everyone's just so freaking cool and all the crew too it's like the professionalism is beyond like anything you've ever seen because every single show something goes wrong um, inevitably mm-hmm. due to you know uh, the heat, the 110 degree weather, or or the, sometimes there's unexpected rain or humidity, and it's just something breaks. But the crew fixes it like in three minutes or five minutes, like it never happened. And it's like it's mind blowing. Like they're just so seasoned, and and then but they're doing it like not with a smile. They're doing it like I'm doing my job. Boom. And as soon as you talk to them, it's like. Hey bro, how are you doing? Like it's like nothing happened. And it's, it's so it's no- kind of like this weird Truman show bizarre. Hmm. It's kind of bizarre to be yeah. in this. Yeah, and I love it. It's almost like NASCAR when those guys have to go out and fix something. They just go out and do their job. And then they just go back. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's it's fine. It's just doing my job. And I, I can do it. You know, it with the speed and, and just kind of hitting the ground running because you don't want to stop the show. Uh, so I guess now is the focus on, because finally the album is out, and are you working on new music? Are you focusing on the tour? What's kind of, Are you living in the moment? What's, what's, are you thinking about the future? What's going on? I'm definitely thinking about the future constantly, and, but I'm also trying my best to live in the moment. Um, sure. Uh, and we, we're constantly writing, but we're not going to release another album for a minute. Cause we're sure. just so excited about this one. We just want to tour. Like after this tour, we're going to go tour again, hmm. like in November, October, we're just going to go around the States and go abroad and, and uh, see uh, as much as we can do as much as we can before the next year. And, and then next year, we're just going to keep doing it all year long. And um, maybe with surprise little singles, we'll go into the studio, just record something just to release for fun. Cause that's what we love to do. We just like, We've been we did that with a Christmas song. We've done it like last minute with new songs on the album. This first album, we're like, let's just record this new one, whatever. Blah. And <laughs> so we always have that spontaneity involved. But other than that, it's just touring, touring, touring. And and I have big plans for the band in my head, at least for the next year. So well, you're you're well on your way. I mean, you're living the the big plan, so to speak, and and which is just amazing. You know, I need to ask, obviously, since this is Appetite for Distortion, and you were, I'm not making this up, you were kind enough off the air to be like, oh, I like your podcast. It's very hard for me to accept compliments, so I have to phrase it like this to say thank you. But I I, want to know your six degrees of GNR bacon. Obviously, we know you work with Roberta Freeman. Um, (laughs) Anything else? Any other stories you can tell us about? Seeing the band in concert? Have you met any of the dudes? You know, what... Guns N' Roses story do you potentially have? Um, I've played on stage with Gilby Clark a couple of times, just on a whim. I played on stage with his uh, daughter, like on a whim, Frankie. Frankie. Yeah. Who's an incredible new artist. I think you guys got to listen to her. Has she been on the show? I, I think I've tried to reach out once and I didn't hear back. I would like to get her on the show. You know, She's got charisma like damn like dude she's great and um and uh like i just run into her like near my house walking my dog a few times and i I got to play with her and um and i you know i've met slash a few times in his studio we got to record a few demos in his in his studio and um and he's just he's a very sweet guy and uh 
that's about it as far as like meeting them. But I've seen guns twice and it's just always awesome. I loved, Oh, I also got to meet DJ Ashbaugh. Like DJ saw, uh, my band perform another band, like an old band I was in, okay. um, in a, in a place in North Hollywood or so, or in Tarzana. And it was like, it was just him in the room. <laughs> I don't know why we were playing to a completely empty like room and I was playing rhythm guitar and he saw the whole set and like, um, he like, uh, totally, uh, yeah, that was, that was a weird experience. <laughs> I think he was just a friend of the bassist or something at the time. I don't okay. remember who you played. You, you played just for DJ Ashbo once. That's just how it went. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And his girlfriend. And his girlfriend. Okay. All right. That's, I, that's funny. You know, very personal yeah, show. A, very personal. Yeah. And it wasn't intentional. Yeah. It wasn't intentional. Like we wanted the people to come out, but we we're just like nobody was coming out. <laughs> and, okay. But DJ like had a connection with one of us. I can't remember who or why, but um, anyway. Uh, but yeah, I've seen Guns twice, and I've loved it. I've, I'm a huge Guns fan, and. Um, yeah, I mean, what can you say? My favorite album is still though Chinese Democracy. You're look at that's a big thing. That's a big thing to say, and it goes goes to show you the last episode I did with a fan doesn't like that record at all. Now we go to Derek Day, his favorite album. So, what's your favorite song of China? I I like it. It took me a few listens, but I I do love the album. Uh, oh, cool! Favorite song? Do you have a favorite song of Chinese? That's tough, man. Because they're all like. Freaking real good. You know, better. There was a time. Street of Dreams. They just started playing. There's a title track. I'm gonna name them all. I used. Yeah. I used. Um. I should say my wife's. Well, my sister-in-law. I guess I can call her now. Uh, I just got married, and she used the lyrics of "This I Love" to marry us, which was interesting. <laughs> I never thought in my life I would have a Chinese democracy song used to marry me, but. Wow! Here I am. Here I am. But all right, I don't want to put too much pressure. It's not like the Power Ranger. You don't have to keep naming your favorite stuff. Okay. I know. I know. All good. No, I, I love to sing "Street of Dreams." Like I sing along to it all the time. I love singing that for my voice. I feel like every song. It's it's why it's such a great album. It's like every song. It's like it's such a different thing. And like I love it. I just think it's like if you're to play it on an acoustic guitar or a piano, it's like this brilliant like kind of medieval beautiful written song it's like awesome and um but yeah maybe like maybe my favorite would be something like uh let me let me just pick one for fun just okay. for fun just for, for fun. fun yeah i'm not gonna hold uh, it against you i think catcher in the rye okay that's probably okay for All its right. meaning and for its its changes its structure and everything that's that's just really cool again people need to understand i think it's just I talked to Doug Goldstein about this former manager. There's a certain era of Guns N' Roses fans that discovered and loved Chinese democracy. And people need to understand that. Like, oh, it's not Guns N' Roses. Yeah, it is. It's a certain phase of it. And then we love all of it. So it's, it's kind of what's like classless act. It's just, um, but I'm glad that you have your, well, the Pink Ranger has now formed the Megazord with the rest of, see, <laughs> see you're never, you're never going to grow up, Derek. This is your future. Well, hopefully you keep your hair. But you're looking at your future right here. <laughs> yeah, I'm honored. I'm truly honored. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, man, for just giving me the time. I mean, congratulations on all of this. I mean, again, I'm really upset that I missed uh, this tour. But now knowing that you're going to be – I don't know how you're going to do it. If you're headlining small clubs, I'll catch you, though, though, when you're in New York City or Long Island when you're in my area. 
Um, oh yeah, we'll absolutely. be back. We'll be back for sure. All right, excellent. Well, that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. Oh, and let me say next time, um, if you're next time you're walking your dog and you happen to run into Frankie Clark and you want, hey, this is podcast. You know, you can be my co-host. So you can be my co-host to interview Frankie. Just throwing it out there before I. Oh, I'd love to actually. Right. I'd love to. All right, all right. <laughs> well, maybe that that'll be a future episode of Appetite for Distortion. So when will you see that one or the next one? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.